Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Give me a chance here, folks. I'm uh, just trying to make sure that everything is kosher here. It appears to be. It just told me to click on the microphone or something. So I don't know. I'm not muted, so I'm just going to go for it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the last time I did that, I did an hour and 45 minutes and then realized that all the videos that I played had no sound. So uh, I am going to do a little something here. And all my life have been a really good um, problem solver, problem checker. Um, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the live stream and make sure that, okay, it looks like it's coming through. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. All right, let's get started on this thing because it's uh, almost 20 after 11 at night, and uh, I would like to get some sleep sometime tonight. Not your fault. It's my fault, but I uh, hope you like the new intro. Um, I think it's pretty cool, actually. I, I got online. The reason I'm so late is I got online looking for free intros, and uh, when the whole time I had a free intro here, but I wanted something a little more snazzy and stuff, but this gives me sound and video, so I think I'll hold on to this for a while. <clears throat> so... Um, like I said, the last time I tried to do this, it really messed up and it really discouraged me. It was like, I, you know, that day other things happened too. And this was like the icing on the cake. <laughs> and so as I get older, I'm starting to get more mellow, which is a good thing. I think my wife would attest to that. And, um, now when it's, when something like that happens, it's just like, it is what it is. Okay. I'm not going to get mad or anything like that. I'm not going to, you know, I used to get mad and then get quiet and and things like that. And, uh, but now I'm not going to do that anymore. Oh, good. We got a follower on Twitch right now. That's cool. Hello there. Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. It's really weird watching yourself here and then over there too. So, I'll try to put the blinder on here so I don't look over there, okay? So tonight we're going to look at um, a few of the, the evil players in this in this whole COVID-19 thing, uh, two of them to be exact, and one of them is uh, Anthony Fauci, and <laughs> the guy, you know, a lot of people are accusing him of being dumb because he kind of backtracks on what he says, but I think he does it on purpose. I think he does it to show that, hey, I'm fallible, and that way, if something really bad happens, you know, he said in the past, hey, I'm fallible. But at the same time, I think he does it to, to kind of confuse you and I. You know, what does Fauci think? What does he think about this? What, what does he say about this? And we never really know because he flip-flops on just about everything. Flip-flopped on the mask. He's flip-flopped on the uh, standing six feet apart. You never hear that anymore, do you? Um, and... You know, at first it was not everybody needs to take the vaccine, and now he's everybody needs to take the vaccine. So I, I don't think Anthony Fauci knows what he's doing. I think that he takes uh, four steps forward and three steps back, or maybe five steps back, as the case may be. Uh, I don't think he's very smart. I think he, uh, yes, he's got degrees, and he's a doctor and stuff like that. But there's a difference between intelligent and wisdom. Okay, intelligence is knowledge, but wisdom is how you, is knowing how to apply that knowledge. And yes, he's intelligent, but he's not wise uh, in one bit, not in the least. Uh, 
I don't know what's happening, folks. It's like my my black hair is starting to grow back. It's uh, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, I was just looking at my uh, corner of my mouth here, and um, the hair there, you know, for my mustache and my beard is is black, like it used to be a long time ago. Maybe I'm starting to reverse an age. I don't know. That, that would be kind of nice, as long as the good health went with it too. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sorry I get off on these little things. It's just that, you know, you guys are like family to me. Uh, Brian's like family to me. Eric that was on last night's like family to me. Um, and you know, when you're with family, you can discuss stuff like that. You know, I know some people TMI, TMI. Well, I hate that phrase. I really do. <laughs> um, I know it's too much information. I know it's not. And, uh, and this is far from it, but other things, you know, other people TMI, TMI. Well, you know, if you're part of my family, then you're going to want to know about me and what's going on with me. And I want to know what's going on with you. And, um, so anyway, uh, I digress. So, you know, we have these, and there's the other individual, somebody that retired recently, and we're going to go into that, uh, retired or, or left in shame, basically. Um, and the guy claims to be a, a believer in Yeshua. And if he is, then, uh, then nobody I know is because the guy's a walking contradiction. And you'll, you'll see what I mean when we, when we look into the article that's talking about him. Then there's some videos, or there's one from a gal that worked at Pfizer, um, and blew the whistle with Project Veritas. Love Project Veritas. If you're going to support anybody, don't support me. Okay. You know, I mean, if you want to, that's fine. Um, but, and you can go to Patreon and find me, but, or us, I should say. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, if you wanted to, that's great. But at the same time, there are more important things that are going on right now. I'm just a, a teeny tiny speck in, in the, uh, in the painting, so to speak. A little white piece of fuzz on the velvet, black velvet painting. But there's other people and other causes that are out there that are really doing a lot. Now, yes, we're doing a little bit on here. We're informing people like you folks and, uh, and anybody else that comes onto the show and listens and watches. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got Project Veritas. They're out there, you know, uh, filing lawsuits all the time and, and, uh, calling, uh, whistleblowers to come forward and, and they're coming forward like crazy. Uh, if you've watched this, you know that because the other day we had a show where there were several whistleblowers on there telling their story and God bless the whistleblowers, you know, God protect them. Yahweh protect them and keep them safe. And, uh, anything that's uh, going to be done to them, may it come back on the, uh, on the perpetrators, uh, a thousand times before it ever even reaches the, uh, the whistleblowers. Uh, those people have a lot of guts. They really do. <clears throat> you know, a lot of them have families that they're supporting and stuff. And they're, and they're like, I, I, I don't care because if I don't do this, my children and my children's children are going to be messed up in the future. And I don't want that. So, and that, that's a noble thing. That is such a noble thing to do. And uh, so anyway, so that's basically what we're going to do tonight. Um, <clears throat> read articles and, and watch videos. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, you might not see these videos because, uh, there's so much stuff out there. It's hard to find everything. You know, and a lot of times the good Lord above, he leads me to these things. You know, it's, it's hard to explain, but you know, I'll be looking for left-handed monkey wrenches and all of a sudden I come up, uh, something that says Anthony Fauci did this or something I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, thanks, Lord. I appreciate that. So, um, I used to, when I tried to do this show a couple of nights ago, I used a couple of analogies that I'm trying to think of 
Uh, one of them that I'd like to tell you about, and you know, if you know me at all, uh, you know that I was born in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey, and and it's kind of like the uh, the home base for the mafia. Uh, they all got tired of living in on Manhattan in New York, and they either moved to Long Island or they moved to New Jersey. Uh, a lot of them lived there, especially in Garfield. And Garfield's where uh, The Sopranos was filmed, by the way. But having grown up there in the, in the 1960s, um, I had the occasion to be around a lot of bad things. Uh, my mother always used to, to tell us, you know, you can go in that store, do not go in that store. You can go in that store, do not go in that store. You know, because she knew where the, the bookies were. She knew where, you know, where all the, basically the evil was being done. And she didn't want her kids getting hurt. So anyway, it's. We saw a lot of stuff, you know, I saw some guy get his head busted in on a bad drug deal when I was a kid and yeah, it just kind of affects you, you know, so to speak. And, um, you know, and then I, later on in life, I was involved in that kind of stuff and I got to see even more, but I got to see the, uh, we had a, a kid in town that we went to school with, well, this whole family went to school with one of our relatives at one time or another. And, um, I got to go to school and I'm just going to say his name is David, just like me. And David, unlike me, <laughs> like to, like to really, really get high on, on some of the strong stuff and like to drive around when he was high. And, and he always had protection because his father was in the mafia or let's just say organized crime. And, you know, the, they had sway on, on the police department and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that the cops in that town were bad. There were many good cops in that town, but you know, it's, it's just the way it is. You know, um, it's, it's hard to explain. Like I said, and I don't know if I could explain it to where you'd understand it because you know, a lot of people are cavalier. Well, why don't they just go in and clean that town up? Well, it's a lot deeper than that. You know, um, there's a lot of people that are involved in stuff. They don't even know they're involved in it until, <laughs> until, the, the feds or the or the cops come in and take down a syndicate or something, and then all of a sudden you see somebody's father being led away. Well, you know he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. He was just doing a friend a favor. Well, anyway, it's that's the way it goes. But <clears throat> so I, I'm telling you this because I know when I see something if it's dirty or clean. I've been hoodwinked before, yes, I have, but I know if somebody's dirty, they're dirty, and I know just by the way they act, what they say, what they do. Um, it's it's just it's the sermon that's been built into me from having lived in that that kind of condition that kind of um, neighborhood the environment that's probably a better word to use and because uh, my dad was was clean you know he he was not involved in organized crime and certainly my mother wasn't so god-fearing church-going woman you know and um so I know, I know how to call a spade a spade, so to speak, and that's not a, a racist thing. Okay. I'm talking about playing cards. You got clubs, you got king, you got the what, hearts, diamonds, and spades. Okay. And when I'm holding a spade in my hand, I know it's a spade, just like I know a heart is a heart. And anyway, I shouldn't even have to explain that, but in our society nowadays, you got to watch every stupid thing that you say, and it's really frustrating. Um, because there's always somebody out there that's, that's out there to, to take you down, you know. Uh, my wife, uh, for the most part, and I too, we watched this guy, uh, Chris McDonough. And it's a, it's a true crime thing. He's an investigator. He's a, uh, a 
former police officer with the Los Angeles Police Department. I think that's where he worked. But anyway, he um, so he investigates uh, these um, like there's this summer girl that got uh, young girl that got kidnapped, and he's investigating that. And uh, there's um, uh, he looks into Barry Morphew every once in a while, and lately he's been looking into Gabby Petito and her her death and her boyfriend who's on the on the run right now. Um, but he he got some things trumped up on him and, and, and these people went to YouTube and they said, Hey, he's doing this. Look at, he's doing it. And YouTube took him down. Well, he wasn't doing what they said he was doing. You know, they, they, they twisted things around and hyperinflated other things and stuff. And boom, he was off the air. Well, he had to make his case and he won uh, with YouTube, <laughs> which is really weird. How do you win with YouTube? You know, it's, uh, so Anyway, so it just goes to show you that if somebody's out to get you, they're going to try the hardest to do it, you know? And it's, it's unfortunate because we just have people out there like that, you know? We have so many people that out there, and I know that I'm not talking about any of you, and, and you probably will uh, sympathize with me and agree with me that there are just people out there, like we call them trolls on the Internet, that just like to create trouble. Their purpose in life is to create trouble. Um which kind of is like the people we're going to talk about tonight, actually. Um, so that having been said, um, there are people out there that, that are out there to make trouble and, and they're in, in the, on the internet realm and they're, um, they're all over the place. They're in the drug realm. They're in the, the, the gun realm, you know, um, there are people who smuggle guns. There are people that smuggle people, you know, so. And that's how we got to get rid of in society is these scumbags that do stuff like that. Well, anyway, we're going to look at two scumbags tonight. And you might be, oh, Dave, that's harsh. You shouldn't talk. Like, no, they've earned it. They've earned the title of scumbag. And I think there's one of them, at least, that we're going to talk about tonight. Kind of likes that. <laughs> Anthony Fauci. I think he likes being a bad guy. You know? Um, <laughs> never mind. I get thoughts every once in a while when I'm thinking, and I just don't want to vocalize some of them um so anyway let's uh let's jump into this with both of our feet i don't want to dive in because the water might be cold if we jump in you know you kind of acclimate a little better than diving in and uh so anyway oh yeah look at that we got criminal number one uh the guy that's that's gonna really hang when uh when the uh the tribunal start the military tribunal start um, I will watch this guys on TV if they, if they broadcast it on TV. Um, if not, I'll have a party the night that he's found guilty and I'll have another party the night that he hangs. Um, that might sound a little cruel to you, but if you realize what this guy's doing to this country and your children and trying to do your children and your children's children, let alone you, you'd realize that he is right up there with Adolf Hitler and with Mussolini, whom he shares a heritage with. And uh, and probably the Caesars and uh, every scummy Italian that ever walked the face of the earth. And I can say that because I'm part Italian. And I've seen a lot of scummy Italians that have walked the earth. And believe me, those people, the scummy Italians, are better when they're under the earth. Okay. Yeah, both ways, too. I mean, in grave and, and in hell. <laughs> okay. So this is a video that we're going to watch. Is uh, we're not, I'm not going to read this article, but it's... Uh, the article is titled Rand Paul Blast Lying Fauci. Lying Fauci, that should be, 
that's going to be an idiom in, in the future. You know, when little kids uh, catch another little kid lying, they're going to be going, oh, you're a lying Fauci. You mark my words. I'm going to make sure it happens. Um, he ignores natural immunity because it foils his mass vaccination plan. And folks, here's another thing you're going to realize too, uh, you need to realize, is that the reason why um, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin haven't been made popular and they've been resisted by people like this jackass um, is because uh, the vaccinations uh, are emergency use only. And an only drug could be emergency use is if there are no other drugs that would fight the, the infection or the disease. So they have to demonize ivermectin and, um, and vitamin C and vitamin D and, and hydroxychloroquine. They have to demonize them so that, and, and say they don't work. And of course, you know, he's got authority. So everybody's going to believe him, you know, except people that are kind of smart know he's a fool and a liar. Um, so, and, and the CDC and the, and other organizations like it are filled with people that are liars and fools. And one that runs the CDC is a liar and a fool. Um, all hellbound. Um, hellhounds that are hellbound. And so anyway, Rand Paul is a very wonderful human being, a wonderful guy, wonderful American. And he, um, he catches on to Anthony Fauci's lies real easy because um, Rand Paul is a doctor. And he practices as a doctor. This guy's a doctor by degree and practices a liar. Okay. If this guy tells you to do something, tells you to go north, go south, tells you to go east, go west, tells you to go up, go down. Okay. Um, because nothing he says can be believed anymore. Yes, I have very strong feelings, mainly because I don't like the guy that maybe, and also because he's, He's anti-American. He's trying to kill Americans. Okay. He, he was responsible and more and more proof is coming out about this of giving money to the Wuhan lab so they could weaponize COVID and make it so that it works. Uh, it gets us sicker and it's easier to catch. And somebody like that just is, um, I can never respect. I mean, if he came to you, Jesus tomorrow and, um, I, I wouldn't believe it. Sorry. You know, I mean, I, where God's concerned, my opinion means nothing, but you know, I still wouldn't believe it. You know, the guy is a lying, uh, lying bastard. So let's watch this uh, video by Rand Paul. And I don't know if I can make this bigger or not. If I can, I will, but and we're only going to watch about half of it because the first half he talks about Fauci, the second half he starts talking about economics and that's what we're not here for tonight. Or that's not what we're here for tonight. <laughs> Yoda. Okay. So let's watch this and I'll see if I can make it bigger. I don't think I can, but let's go for it. Okay. Uh, hold on, folks. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, boy. Am I glad I caught this before it happened, before it got too far in. I have to do this. All right. Okay. Thanks for having patience with me, folks. I really appreciate it. Okay. Here we go. This time you'll be able to hear it and see it. We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell. You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. That was misinterpreted as my saying. Yeah, my eye. Christmas with our families, which was absolutely not the case. Yes, it was. Well, I don't get it. Let's bring in Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. Yeah. 
I don't get it either. Senator Paul, it's wonderful to see you again. It's been a while. So you tell me, I mean, what's it, what was, look, I know Fauci very well. We served on Trump's health care, you know, COVID task force. But I, I didn't, was it, can I go to Christmas or not, Rand? Well, hey, this guy has an opinion on baseball, hockey, <laughs> Tinder, Christmas. But he was asked the other day about natural immunity that you acquire after the disease. And he's like, oh, that's a really interesting thought. I never thought about that. I don't know. I don't have an opinion because I haven't thought about naturally acquired immunity. He had. And folks, it's taught usually in the first or second year of medical school. So did he not go to medical school? No, he went. He's a liar. Here we go. As and he's lying to you. The reason he won't bring up natural immunity is it foils his plans to Look get every possible vaccinated. He thinks it might slow down vaccination. And I'm for people getting vaccinated, particularly people at risk. But the thing is, if you ignore naturally acquired immunity, then you're saying we don't have enough people. You got to force it on every younger people. There was a statistic that came out that somebody put together today. If you're 85, your chances of dying are 10,000 times greater than if you're 10. Should, should we treat a 10-year-old the same way we treat an 85-year-old? Mm. It's nonsense. I thought, Senator, that natural immunity if you've had covid and you recover from it was actually the strongest immunity you could have perhaps better than the vaccinations i look i've had the vaccines don't get me wrong but i thought natural immunity was the strongest the largest study to look at this came out of israel recently and they looked at two and a half million people that's a large study and what they found was those who had gotten the disease naturally were seven times less likely to be hospitalized from COVID than those who got the vaccine only. Once again, this isn't an argument against being vaccinated. It's simply an argument for, you know, giving some credence to the people who have already gotten this naturally and look at that study and say, I'm 25 years old. I play NBA basketball and I don't think I need to be vaccinated since I've already had the disease. But it also changes public policy because they're trying to force this on children through mandatory vaccines, when in reality, we probably are at a stage other than the Delta variant coming on. So if government wanted to do something right now to help everybody, particularly those at most risk over age 65, we should quickly be approving a Delta variant vaccine. They've got it. Why, why are we sitting on that? They, they gave Trump such a hard time. Trump got a vaccine done in record time. Why don't they get the vaccine done that we need now, which is an updated vaccine, and it'll become like the flu vaccine. Every year there'll be a new vaccine, but we shouldn't wait around for years and years. As long as it's voluntary, it should be a very quick approval process. All right. Amen to that. Um, Senator Paul, can I just go to another disease? And, that and that's the where he starts talking about <clears throat> finances and, and the budget and stuff like that. <clears throat> it's interesting talk, but, you know, it's not what we're focused on here right now so um let's go let's go ahead and uh jump into the next thing that we need to talk about this is really going to burn you if you <laughs> if you care about children um pfizer accused of testing covid vaccine on orphans all right calm down i know you're mad i was too when i first heard it um, this one I'm going to read because I don't think, you know, there's not. It's a very short article anyway. And then we're going to back it up with some of Pfizer's own documents. Okay. All right. It says, well, let's see. The Pfizer accused of testing COVID vaccine on orphans. It was on um, GTV, whatever that is, on October 4th. Just to give them some credit for this article. 
translated by most gospel team um, hyphen uh, Lillian 89. I guess that's the author, the, the one that translated it. Okay. And the image here is by uh, Getty Images. Okay. Want to make sure we give credit to everybody so nobody can complain. Okay. According to the Daily Expose, the Children's Health Protection Organization recently received a report from Poland that remember that Poland, okay? Because it's gonna you're gonna hear it again later. <clears throat> that Pfizer is testing a COVID vaccine on six-month-old orphans. In response to the in response, members of the Polish Parliament and Senate organized an emergency meeting on October 2nd to discuss the medical, legal, and ethical relationships of medical testing on infants and children. You got to get together to figure that out. <laughs> oh boy, there's a Polish joke there somewhere. And I'm part Polish, so I can say that. Um, okay, next paragraph. According to information on Pfizer's own website, <clears throat> on September 20th, there has been three separate cycles of previous um, Pfizer COVID vaccine trials, initially enrolling up to 4,500 children ages 6 months to 11 years at more than 90 clinical trial sites in the United States, Finland, Poland, and Spain. 90 sites and 4,500 kids. I think there's more kids, probably. That's all they're telling us about. Because if you divide 4,500 by 90, was that uh, times uh, 9,000? That's like uh, 50 kids or 40 kids in every trial. My math's not up tonight. So anyway, let's see. Since uh, June of 2021, Pfizer has been conducting a a trial of the COVID vaccine to Polish children aged three, three months to 11 years. Intelligence reports indicate that at least eight private clinics or research centers are conducting trials. These facts are being kept from the public because Pfizer used so many secrecy clauses and even Polish lawmakers uh, were denied access to the documents. You see, you got a corporation coming in and breaking laws to where the lawmakers in a country can't even look at it. That's, that's, That's so illegal. It's incredible. Um, Unofficial reports indicate that children between the ages of 6 and 11 were given the Pfizer vaccine, and children between ages 3 and 5 received at least one dose. It's estimated that about 1,000 Polish children may have received the the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, Pfizer's clinical trials of the COVID vaccine on children in orphanages and care homes are suspected of not going through legal channels giving that there has not been a single court case in which the vaccine was tested on children. The conference said that without action by the Polish authorities, it will not be possible to confirm how many of these children may face or have faced death or develop serious complications. And you know darn well that, um, let's see, irrespective of not going through legal channels. Yeah, it didn't go through legal channels. Because then parents would have to be known, told about it. And I don't know any people that care about their kids that would say okay to this. Unless they were offered a lot of money. But then what kind of parents are they, right? Um, and the fact that they're doing it in orphanages, you know, if they tried to do that to my grandkids, they got my daughter and they got uh, me and they got Brian and everybody else that are going to get on their case and object to it. But who do orphans have to take care of them? And the church is responsible for this too, because one of the things that, um, that the Levites and the, um, or actually the tithe was initiated to 
take care of the Levites, but not only the Levites, because God had a special thing in his heart for orphans and widows. Okay. Cause he knew that they were, they were defenseless. And that's what orphans are defenseless against big corporations like this. They could just come up and say, Hey, you know, to the, I, you know, the guy that owns these or people that own these different, uh, uh care homes and, uh, and orphanages, you know, Hey, you know, you want to make, uh, you know, $20,000 real cheap or whatever currency they use in these different countries. Um, yeah, just sort of has access to your, the, the orphans here. You know, their parents aren't involved and uh, nobody will say anything. And, you know, talk about going around the law, if there is any law about that. What an easy way to do it. My thing is, this is happening in orphanages in, orphanages in the United States, too. I think it is. And in Finland and, and in Spain, too. Okay. And I'll bet you anything that Finland, Poland, and Spain have very lax laws when it comes to children. The United States has laws, but they're very r- rarely upheld. And they're usually upheld if it's something that the parents did, not something that something somebody outsider did to the kids. Okay. And in our family, we've experienced that actually. Um, and it was, it was a tragic thing. And a little, uh, little niece died because the parents are scumbags and, uh, basically killed the child. And I think that's still open too, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, thank God there's no, um, there's the, the um, I'm trying to think of the word. In other words, a, a case of murder. Uh, there's no statute of limitations. That's what I mean on murder. So um, hopefully that'll get resolved one day. And uh, believe me, the mother and father deserve to be in prison. Um, okay. So you see we, these son of a guns. Maybe that's a nice way to put it. Um you know, I'm going to have church people listening to this too. I don't want to be using bastards and bitches too much like that. But, uh, so these son of a guns are, they're looking for every way they can to skirt around the law to do this. Isn't that what cockroaches do? They walk around in the darkness <clears throat> looking for ways that they can uh, infest your house and, and, and eat every little bit of every little crumb that you might have dropped on the floor. And uh, anyway, that's why I use the term cockroaches when I refer to Pfizer and its people and, and uh Moderna and its people and Johnson and Johnson and its people and and uh you name the, the organization or the group. So let's go ahead and uh, I'm gonna very carefully think before I start pushing these buttons up here because that's what ended the show last time and I had to get rid of it because it was uh it didn't turn out very well. So yeah, let's go to the next uh okay. <clears throat> We're not gonna read this whole thing, so don't get nervous. I know it's very long. We're not gonna read the whole thing. Um one thing I found interesting, and I think it's up here. Um, okay. There's somewhere in this paper, this, um, this, uh, work here where it talks about, um, it kind of contradicts itself. It says that the, uh, the vaccine can be used for, is authorized to use, but then it isn't authorized to use. Now they've, uh, look up here and I know I realize it's small and I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about that. The new uh, brand name that they came out, and we're going to discuss that for a minute. Oh, Comirnaty, uh, COVID-19 vaccine, uh, mRNA vaccine, and it's basically put out by BioNTech right here. And uh, 
but it's going to be made by Pfizer also. Okay, but BioNTech is basically has the the rights, more rights than this this drug than anybody else. Um, usually, and it's always been my experience, um, having looked at drugs and you know and studied them for many years, that a drug only gets a brand name once it's been okayed. See, it says registered right there. The little R, I can barely see it. You probably can't see it at all, but um, usually a drug gets a brand name or a licensed name with that drug manufacturer after the FDA has approved it for use. Okay. These people have jumped the gun and it's been approved for emergency use. Um, it says that somewhere here. Uh, by the FDA, emergency youth authorization, kind of like the uh, the first COVID vaccine. I hate to even call it a vaccine because it's so full of garbage and crap. Um, but this shouldn't be. This has not received full authorization from the FDA to be used as a vaccine in general terms. It's just got an emergency youth author- use authorization. So what's going on with this? Are they going to be using this before for, for regular um, dosing before the EUA is up? Um, I don't know. This is fishy and this should be looked into because um, it should not have a, a brand name to it at all. Or it shouldn't be revealed as having a brand name until after the FDA has approved it for regular use. Not emergency authorization use, but regular use. So there's one little poopah in this whole paperwork. Um, and you see right here, this emergency use of this product has been approved or licensed by the FDA, you see, for the emergency use, the EUA, but has been authorized by the FDA under the EUA to prevent coronavirus disease. And that's a mis, uh, it doesn't prevent it. They'll, they'll tell you that it'll, if, if you talk to anybody nowadays, they tell you that the vaccine that's out there now, it can help make it less worse when you get it. You won't get a case that bad. That's what they say. You know, listen to them. If you get COVID, it won't be so bad if you have the vaccine. But here they're saying that it's used to prevent coronavirus disease. Which one is it? As a an adjunct to make it a little better if you catch it or to prevent it altogether? Okay. Their own paperwork just indicts them. Okay, for use in individuals 12 years of age or older, an emergency use of this product is only authorized for the duration of the declaration that circumstances exist justifying the authorization of emergency use of the medical product under Section 564B1 uh, of the FDC Act, FDNC Act, unless the declaration is terminated by the authorization revoked or the authorization is revoked sooner. Okay, but even if the authorization is revoked, the FDA has not okayed this uh, community, if that's how it's pronounced, for regular use. So they better not try to use it until the FDA says it's okay. Yeah, they better. Like, I can do something about it, right? Uh, I'm looking here because there's um, a little section I wanted to read. And if you're getting dizzy because I'm going up and down, I apologize for that. Um, it's up here. Okay. Now they had three trials, supposedly, uh, one trial, one trial, two and trial three, trial three in children. 
Okay, and this is where they're going to tell you that they, they used it on infants and that they used it on children in foreign countries um, as a trial. Okay, what if uh, they came out with something brand new that they've never used before and they walked up and told you, if you have kids, that is, young ones, or even if, pretend that the old young ones are, or the old ones are young again, if they walked up and said, uh, we need your child to uh, test this vaccine for us. We haven't tested it on, on humans before of this age, but we want to test your child. I would pull that kid back and lock him in the house faster than you could say snot. You know, um, part, pardon me for using that word. It's the first word I thought of. Um, there's no way I'd let them take them for that. So that's why I think they're going to orphanages because nobody's going to protest. Okay. And the guy that's running the orphanage or the people, Probably got a kickback. I'll bet you anything. If the Polish people or the Polish government or, or investigative units go into those places, they'll find out the people took money for letting them use the children like that. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, is that any different from child trafficking? No, it's not. Okay. So about the phase one, two, and three trial of children. The phase one, two, and three trial initially enrolled up to 4,500 children. See, this is all confirming what we read before. Ages Six months to 11 years, six months, folks, six months old, six months out of the womb to 11 years of age in the United States, Finland, Poland, and Spain. <clears throat> what kind of kids in this country here, the United States, what kind of parents would say, yeah, use my kid? Oh, man. I'm sorry. I just get so worked up about this. I want to spit. Um, anyway, Poland and Spain for more than 90 clinical trial sites. Um, it was de designed to evaluate the safety, tolerability, and Im immunogenicity of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine on a two-dose schedule, approximately 21 days apart, in three age groups, ages 5 to 11 years, ages 2 to 5, and ages 6 months to 2 years. Based on the phase 1 dose escalation portion of the trial, Children ages 5 to 11 years received two scheduled, uh, two dose schedules of 10 milligrams, or excuse me, micrograms each, while children under 5 received the lower 3 micrograms and each injection of the uh, phase 2 and 3 study. The trial enrolled children with or without prior evidence of SARS-CoV-2 infection. How many people nowadays had, had it and they're getting the, um, they're getting the vaccine and they're getting sick and dying, right? Bad state of affairs. Um, let's see. Let's just read this other paragraph here. Comirnaty, which is based on biotech, bio, Bionitech's uh, propriety, proprietary excuse me, mRNA technology, was developed by both Bionitech and Pfizer. Bionitech is the marketing authorization holder in the United States, the European Union, and the United Kingdom. Canada and the holder of emergency use authorizations or equivalents in the United States jointly with Pfizer and other countries. Submission to pursue regulatory approvals of this of those countries where the emergency use authorization or equivalent were initially granted are planned. I don't know. How, how can you be an attorney and just let this go, you know, or be a judge and just let this go? You know, I don't know. If I was a judge, I think I'd appoint an attorney. <laughs> That's probably illegal as hell. 
but I had an appointed attorney say, you need to look at this. And if you come into my court and you can prove to me that this is illegal, then we'll follow up on it. Um, you'll never be able for to get them for things that happen because of the take, giving the uh, vaccine. That is the drug companies. But uh, you can get them for, uh, for doing illegal things like um, – <laughs> How many kids, how many six-year-olds do you know we could sit down with a doctor and understand what the, what the test would be? Granted, how many 11-year-olds would understand what the test is for, right? Now you get up in the teens, maybe they didn't understand it, you know, but still, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, we go all the way up to ages 5 to 11. So, I mean, heck, you read some of this stuff, how many people like us can understand some of this gobbledygook that they put on here? You know, but if you read it two or three or four times and you separate like sentences out and you examine each sentence and then, you know, you move on to the next, you then can examine the paragraph, then you can examine the next paragraph and see that what they're doing is they're really messing with people. But to take kids in, a, in an orphanage and just use them like that, my goodness. But these are same people that probably take them out and use them for sex and everything else too, you know. If if they don't have the the um, the conscience not to do this to, you know, injecting children with this experimental garbage that they're putting in people, then they don't have the conscience to not use them in a sexual manner. Sorry, but that's the truth. And uh, in my opinion, okay, sorry, I don't, <laughs> you got to say that. And it just really bugs me. Um, okay. So yeah, folks, I'm, I'm a little bugged about this. Can you tell? All right, so let's. We've seen from Pfizer's own words and from the the article that we read earlier that there's a lot of garbage going on. So I want to get to one of the videos because I have to go take a little break. But um, this is an article talking about Fauci. Um, okay, what I think I'm going to do is jump to the next one and then come back to this. Okay, uh, that's an article too. Okay. So maybe we'll get the videos out of the way. So I want to also watch this video. This is um, on, uh, where is it? Uh, Stu Peter's show. And he interviewed this lady. And that's not really the one I want. Let's see if this one's longer. Huh. Okay, let's go to the next one. I know that's longer. <laughs> Okay, let's watch this. This is, um, and we'll, we'll work our way backwards, okay? Uh, this is a lady that uh, worked for uh, Pfizer and became a whistleblower. So go ahead and listen to this, and uh, you're really going <laughs> to, don't get mad, okay? Don't be like me. Don't get mad. So uh, they're going to advertise this book first, and then uh, they'll jump into it. Okay, here we go. How Deception Propaganda, a new book by James O'Keefe. Pre-order now at AmericanMuckRaker.com. I work at a pharmaceutical company. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, I just believe in research and science. Well, in this database, you came across a chain of emails discussing fetal tissue and the COVID vaccine. Vanessa Gelman, who works in Washington, D.C., is Senior Director of Worldwide Research. The question came up as an inquiry to our MedInfo group. They're asking, quote, did Pfizer make use of a cell line from an aborted fetus? They want you to leave out the highlighted part, which is the one or more cell lines with an origin that can be traced back to human fetal tissue has been used in laboratory tests associated with the vaccine program. And here we have your badge. You are an employee of Pfizer? 
I work at the McPherson, Kansas plant. Um, it's one of the biggest plants in the operation of Pfizer. We produce some of the most units. This message from Vanessa Gilman. From the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on the fetal cell lines floating out there. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit that we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want it out there. We have not received any questions from policymakers or media on this issue in the last few weeks, so we want to avoid raising this if possible. Wow. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit we could see. They ought to put that on American currency. <laughs> Philip Dormitzer, Vice President, Chief Scientific Officer. These are not low-level people here. So you're showing us emails between the Vice President of Pfizer, the Senior Director of Worldwide Research, mm -hmm. about how to couch it a certain way because we would not want to tell the people that it can be traced back to human fetal tissue. Copying Vanessa Gelman, we have an approved answer to this question, the question being about fetal tissue. Mm -hmm which Vanessa can probably provide, H-E-K-2932. What does that mean, HEC cells? Uh, human embryo kidney cells, and okay. it was from experiment 293. They've used cells from aborted fetuses. Yes, And they don't cells. want the public to know that. Yes. That's staggering for society because of what you said, religious exemptions. Mm -hmm. And they're denying our religious exemptions at Pfizer. This is serious stuff you're, you're, you're dealing with. These are, these are powerful people. And a very powerful company. They're withholding knowledge on people's approval if they can consent or not. From Sarah Elizabeth Weiser, the principal scientist. Uh, she's just making sure, you know, uh, just be clear, you would like medical information to reply with the text in red below, including the highlighted section. Okay. Thanks again. And then they responded, responded with, with No, I would prefer that we do not use the text <laughs> in yellow. Um, they're being so deceptive in their emails, it's almost like it is in the final vaccine. It just made me not trust it. There was an issue with the FDA. and I heard something about they're doing some sort of tests in there with lights, but I'm not sure. And I said, in unoccupied rooms and in a group lead office? And he goes, well, the FDA is coming. I could not believe that they were blacking out windows down in our manufacturing rooms. We are told that you should be seen at all times, that we need to make sure that... Yeah. Um, we have high integrity and the, the rooms that are like this one where you can see my reflection, it's a group lead office mm -hmm. where they just do the paperwork for the batches. Mm. So why does that need blacked out? And why did you decide to come to Project Veritas? Because I felt it was the right thing to do. I feel like I have no one else to turn to when my own company won't be honest with me. What I was told to do was to trust Project Veritas and to go with you guys by lawmakers, by lawyers. Really? I was really genuinely traumatized and sickened from the things I saw, and I needed to leave there. So I just took a leave of absence so that I could gather my thoughts and really kind of heal from this information. The extraordinary act of blowing the whistle on the company and publishing emails from their vice president is another step entirely. Are you, are you afraid of doing this? A little bit. I, I have faith that I'll be protected or whatever the outcome is is what it's supposed to be. So I, I'm at peace with it. I'm a little anxious on what they'll do or what they'll say, but it needs to be seen by the people because they're trying to get this to kids. And if they're being this deceptive about it, I don't feel comfortable being silent. The government doesn't want to show that the darn vaccine is full of shit. Okay, folks, what we're going to watch now um, is 
kind of what you just watched, but it's more accentuated. There's more parts to each one of the um, little interview sections of this. Um, so you're going to watch what you watched already, but it's, there's going to be more added to it. And um, it'll help you to understand things better. It helped me anyway. So let's uh, proceed. There's a little, um, basically a commercial here um, for Project Veritas and for this video. Um, and then afterwards, it'll start. And we'll go from there. Okay, here we go. Registry of the people who aren't vaccinated. That's sounding very germy. I'm gonna go door to door and say everyone, oh, it's just your booster shot. Don't get vaccinated. She didn't want to take it because of her religious beliefs. She was coerced into taking it. They are not reported because they want to show it on the map. I want you to leave out the highlighted part, which is the one or more cell lines with an origin that can be traced back to human fetal tissue has been used in laboratory tests associated with the vaccine program. Here we go. Why did you decide to come to Project Veritas? I felt it was the right thing to do. I feel like I have no one else to turn to when my own company won't be honest with me. I just didn't know who else to turn to. And here we have your badge. You are an employee of Pfizer? Yes. And where, where exactly do you work? I work at the McPherson, Kansas plant. It's one of the biggest plants in the operation of Pfizer. We produce some of the most units. We handle the product daily. Uh, quality gets to see the process from fill to pack. So we see everything. How long have you worked there? Uh, going on 10 years, but I've been in quality for five. Tell us about what you saw that concerned you. Accidentally, honestly, was going to do a Google search on our uh, computer implant and I must have clicked the wrong box on our homepage and searched in our database instead. And I saw reports of what I had searched for and I'd click them and then I realized that they were internal documents on our internal Pfizer database. Well, in this database you came across a chain of emails discussing fetal tissue and the COVID vaccine. Tell us about that. What was troubling to me was they were wanting to keep it under wraps. They didn't really want the information out there that they were using the um, hex cells um, to do the study. Um, they're being so deceptive in their emails, it's almost like it is in the final vaccine. Um, they're just being really deceptive and they're being careful with their words and it just made me not trust it. Vanessa Gelman, who works in Washington, D.C., is Senior Director of Worldwide Research, advocates talking to Vanessa and says, um, the question came up as an inquiry to our MedInfo group. They're asking, quote, did Pfizer make use of a cell line from an aborted fetus when carrying out any tests? This is after we'd already confirmed with the customer that no cell lines from an aborted fetus were used. Vanessa wrote... February 4th of this year. Thanks so much. Who is this information for? We, we have been trying as much as possible to not mention the fetal cell lines, so we would really like to stay focused on the first part if possible. This is what we have said most recently through inquiries received via our board of directors and through direct emails to Michael Dolston. The piece in yellow, we have tried really hard to not share unless it's strictly necessary and mission critical. The acceptable phrase you're allowed to say is the human fetal derived cell lines are not used to produce our investigational vaccine which consists of synthetic and enzymatically produced components. But then they want you to leave out the highlighted part, which is the one or more cell lines with an origin that can be traced back to human fetal tissue has been used in laboratory tests associated with the vaccine program. I mean, this is pretty, they're trying to keep this secret from the public? They don't want to stir up a mess. They don't want to have to deal with people who are upset because 
I think people can use religious exemptions for it, and mm. they don't want that. I think they want uh, to nobody to have an excuse to not get it. They've used cells from aborted fetuses. Yes, and they don't cells. want the public to know that. Yes, and and that that's staggering for society because of what you said, religious exemptions. Mm -hmm. And they're denying our religious exemptions at Pfizer. And this could change that because people who have religious views, mm -hmm. that certainly changes the game, doesn't it? Yes. These are powerful people and a very powerful company. They're withholding knowledge on people's approval if they can consent or not. This is Philip Dormitzer, Vice President, Chief Scientific Officer. Copying Vanessa Gelman, we have an approved answer to this question, the question being about fetal tissue, mm -hmm. which... Vanessa can probably provide H-E-K-2932. What does that mean, HEC cells? Uh, human embryo kidney cells, and okay. it was from experiment 293. On the other hand, the Vatican Doctrinal Committee has confirmed that they consider it acceptable for pro-life believers to be immunized. He's basically saying, why don't we just say it? The Vatican's already said that they have no excuse to not take it if it's mm -hmm. in there. Like, he's like, why aren't we just, you know, being honest kind of things, how I read it. So what's one. the difference between this approved answer, hex cells used or IV are ultimately derived from abortive fetus, and the other one they're trying to keep secret? Well, it's almost like they are doing a script. They're sticking mm -hmm. to a script. Like, we've had this approved, this verbiage is approved, so this is what we need to stick to, when rather they should just be making it as clear and easy to understand for the population so that they can make informed decisions on this. You're showing us emails between the vice president of Pfizer, the senior director of worldwide research, mm -hmm. about how to couch it a certain way, because we would not want to tell the people that it can be traced back to human fetal tissue. We have tried really hard to not share, quote, one or more cell lines back to human fetal tissue. From Vanessa Gelman to the vice president of Pfizer, a lot of people go to medical information, so I would prefer, if possible, we respond with what we have consistently said. We wouldn't like to have any inconsistency out there, particularly with information that has been shared with policymakers and the media. So what I gathered from this was, we've already made a statement, we have to stick to that. We can't stray because it'll make us look bad. This is the principal scientist in Massachusetts, and what happens here? Uh, she's just making sure, you know, uh, just be clear, you would like medical information to reply with the text in red below, including the highlighted section. Okay. Thanks again. And then they responded, responded with, with the... No, I would prefer that we do not use <laughs> the text in yellow. No, do, don't be that honest, just the little honest. Vanessa Gelman is sending this note saying, she does really not want you to, to know mm. that they're using More uh, than one. cell lines from human fetal tissue. I received last night a similar request via Laura Payne. So there are multiple executives in Pfizer asking Vanessa Gelman. So they just can't be honest with us. There's something that Vanessa says involving the Facebook campaign. I completely understand, but I just want to make sure we are responding to a legitimate request and not to a request that may ignite a Facebook campaign on this that we may ultimately need to manage. They don't want people making awareness, I guess, they of what they're doing. They're afraid of the people being aware of this. Yeah. And it really, this one's interesting because it shows you that they ultimately fear the people on social media knowing this. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they, this is what they fear the most. Yeah. The they want people out. to take their vaccine. Yeah. Right. right. It's interesting that, that Facebook, too, is censoring anything that's critical of this vaccine. And factual. Like, uh, when I'm an employee and I make an opinion, I get fact-checked. I mean, this, <laughs> this very interview will maybe censored or banned. They're probably going to label 
these screenshots of the vice president to the chief scientist advisor and your comments as misinformation. And your response to them is? I've worked there 10 years. I've been trained there. Uh, there's no way. Uh, I know the process. I love my job. I know my training. Uh, this message from Vanessa Gilman, CCing all these executives. What, what, what are we looking at here? She just says things like, thanks so much for everybody for keeping us in on the loop. From the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on the fetal cell lines floating out there. As you can all appreciate, we are communicating on this vaccine across multiple fronts and managing issues that arise. In this heated environment of heightened scrutiny on every detail of our vaccine, we would like to avoid creating an opportunity to raise an issue. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit that we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want it out there. We have not received any questions from policymakers or media on this issue in the last few weeks, so we want to avoid raising this if possible. Wow. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit we could see. They ought to put that on American currency. That's the final decision from Phil Dormitzer. <laughs> the statement has, has been, been extensively, extensively vetted. vetted. Best, Phil Dormitzer, vice president. There was an issue with the FDA and windows being being a great out. My last day there, um, I took a mental health leave of absence after this from my job because I was sickened and traumatized from a lot of the things that I realized were going on. It really upset me and it shook me. I could not believe that they were blacking out windows down in our manufacturing rooms. Why would they want to do that? Well, I was wondering that as well, especially because they're rooms that there's no need for that. Like where they tell us, you know, make sure you can be seen at all times for integrity purposes, you know. And so when I saw they were blacking out windows in group lead offices and in uh, unoccupied fill rooms, I thought it was odd. So I raised it to in someone in AQ, which is aseptic quality. And I said, hey, do you know why they're blacking out windows down in manufacturing? And he said, well, the FDA is coming. So, you know, I have a friend who, you know, says, I don't know why everyone's making this so political science, you know, people are so divided on this issue. What, what do you say to the people who are pro-vaccine, who are not in the pharmaceutical industry? They're just regular people in New York City who think you got to take that vaccine. Stop making it political. It shouldn't be political, but they're making it political. The media and the government's making it political. But this isn't about Republican, Democrat, or liberal or conservative. This is informed consent on injecting something inside of you from a company that's called it a experimental vaccine. This is about when you see something that's being done that you don't think is right and exposing it. I don't know if anyone's ever done this before. I mean... I, I don't see much investigative reporting into Big Pharma, certainly not, not emails from executives. Are you afraid to be a current Pfizer employee blowing the whistle on Pfizer? Yeah, I, I'm a little anxious and nervous at what they may think or do. Um, I, was, I was really genuinely traumatized and sickened from the things I saw, and I needed to leave there. Um, but I didn't want to quit because I didn't know what to do. I just didn't know what to do, so I just took a leave of absence so that I could gather my thoughts and really kind of heal from this information. You've taken a leave of absence, but the extraordinary act of blowing the whistle on the company and 
publishing emails from their vice president is another step entirely. Are you yeah. are you afraid of doing this? A little bit, um, but I, I have faith that I'll be protected or whatever the outcome is, is what it's supposed to be. So I, I'm at peace with it. I'm a little anxious on what they'll do or what they'll say, but it needs to be seen by the people because they're trying to get this to kids. And if they're being this deceptive about it, I don't feel comfortable being silent while they're trying to get it to babies who can't talk. What do you think the reaction will be to this? I pray that it unites us, that we can look and go, what are they doing? Like, why? what do they think they're doing to us? Why do they think that they can just say this to us and make us take something when they're not even honest about what they're doing or what's in it? And and your husband here is is on set with us. I won't mention his name, but what does he think about what you're doing? When I started to notice some things, I'd, I'd mention them, and he'd say, you know, well, you know, don't worry about it. You know, I'm sure it's nothing. And we, I work at a pharmaceutical company. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Um, I just believe in research and science and stuff like that. And so I was waiting, waiting to get the vaccine, just to see the scientific results, to see how it goes. And once I showed him what I had found, and once I told him what I had found, I got nothing but love and support. Uh, and why didn't you go to the New York Times or uh, the Washington Post, which tagline is democracy dies in darkness? They seem like they do decent work. And also, why not go to Congress with this information? Well, I've spoken to lawyers. Uh, I've spoken to people, and this is what I was told to do, was to trust Project Veritas and to go with you guys by lawmakers, by lawyers. Really? Mm -hmm. Whistleblower lawyers told me that some things are better leaked to the media than doing it the other way. I think this just needs to get out there so that people can realize we're being deceived. Lawyers told you to come to Veritas. Yes. Whistleblower people told you yeah. to come to Veritas. They said if I go the route with them, the lo the lawyers, it could be three three years before this comes out. And that was from someone in the DOJ. So DOJ individual told yes. you to do that under mm -hmm. the Biden administration. Uh, he was in there 17 years. He's not wow. there now, but he was for 17 years, and he advised that I bring this to you guys because it could take years, and if they're trying to get this to kids soon, it's just it's not going to be enough time. Is there anything else you want to say on the record? There's going to be millions yeah. of people that watch this. I'd like to say something to Pfizer. You guys are very adamant about integrity and making sure that things are done right and that things are always double-checked, but I'm just one person one face of many of your employees who are willing to fight this and reveal to the world what's going on. And all we want is for you to be transparent and honest with us and do the right thing. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it, folks? <clears throat> the guts that some people have to get out and do stuff like that. Realize she's not, she isn't gone from the company either. She's going to have to go back there whether it's to work or to return her um, badge back in and everything, or maybe keys that she's got. So she's got to walk back in that building and do that. <clears throat> if she goes to work back there, that takes a lot of cuts too. Um, these are very powerful companies. And uh, she said that she was prepared to accept whatever happened. You know, she has the faith to believe that whatever, whatever happens is supposed to happen. So what guts, man, I'm telling you now, you know, we kind of did that, too, working at the, the state hospital here in Oregon. You know, um, we saw a lot of things that weren't right. You know, they they 
they pretend to be for the patient, for patient health and everything. But uh, from what we saw, you know, that wasn't necessarily possible in my opinion. Um, so uh, there was one lady that uh, had seen a lot of things. And uh, so when she saw the vaccine stuff coming up and the floating stuff coming up and mandating and, and things like that, she decided to retire much like I did except she'd been there like I think 35 or 40 years. So she got a nice retirement out of it and she was at least 65. So, um, so you know, she could get her social security and stuff. So, um, I had to take a, a lesser social security cause I retired uh, two and a half years early, uh, or two years early, I guess <clears throat> it's closer to that. But, um, anyway, she went right to the newspapers and reported stuff to them, you know, and boy, that was some article. That was a really good article, but it, it didn't really do much because you're, you're talking about going against the state of Oregon, you know, and, and the newspapers aren't going to investigate it because, you know, they, they have ties with the state of Oregon and they get different perks from the state of Oregon and lawyers aren't really going to go after it. And doctors aren't going to go after it and everything else. So, you know, some people found out that things weren't happening right there and, and that's a good thing. But um, at the same time, you know, uh, it was just a drop in the bucket, so to speak. And everybody that still works there is afraid, you know, that for their pensions and everything else. So uh, they kind of got you over a barrel. But, uh, you know, I would I would exhort anybody that's, um, you know, works for Pfizer or Moderna or what have you, you know, that's really directly involved with this this junk that they're injecting into people that if, uh, you know, if you feel led to, to lose your job to get this information out so that it might save people by all means do it if you're ready to retire i'm sure there's people that have worked at uh, pfizer for or you know some of its uh, predecessors and and were brought into pfizer when it was uh, founded um that have been there for <clears throat> decades you know and and uh you know my advice would be to retire first and then do do what you got to do but um Something's got to be done. Now, she suggested that there's a bunch of people that, that don't agree with what Pfizer's doing and they want to, you know, that they're, seem to suggest that they're considering, considering talking to people about it. So this might just snowball and mushroom because you just need one person to get out there and do it. But then at the same time, people, oh, you know, she went out and do it. Why do I need to go out and do it? That's the lazy person's approach. But, you know, I can't really blame people for, you know, because it's, there's a lot of worry there. You know, what's going to happen to my pension? What's going to happen to my job? I got a family to feed, you know, and um, there's a lot of things to consider. But, uh, you know, if you're at all able to go visit Project Veritas and spill your guts to them about what's going on at your workplace at Pfizer or Moderna, uh, <clears throat> J&J or AstraZeneca, <clears throat> by all means, <clears throat> do it because uh, – Scripture says that no no man hath a greater love than he lay down his life for his friends, and you you can consider in that your your fellow human beings. Um, some of them are your friends, <laughs> I'm certain. Um, some of them might be your bitter enemies, but do it for your friends that are human beings, okay? Um, anyway, okay, I got to mix. This is where I messed up last time, so I'm gonna go back here and uh, let's let's watch this one, okay? Um, I want to see, okay, 
I really want to see how long these are. It looks like it's only eight minutes. Oh, it's eight minutes and three seconds. Okay. I thought it was eight seconds. Um, so, uh, and again, I don't think, and this is where I messed up last time. I don't think I'm able to, um, let's see. I wanted to see if there's a a better way to get it. And there, and there may be. So let's see. Uh, what's this? Quality, you know. Um, I think the last time what I did is I went to the Stu Peter show, or I tried to, but it told me that the, the web page wasn't valid. So it's always something. You ever realize that when you're trying to do something good to help people, there's always something that gets thrown in there to, to, to mess you up or to, to make you go slower or whatever. Um, there was a way on this page a while back. Oh, man. Let's see. I'm going to do this. Uh, save link as copy link address. And I'm going to go over here real quick. You're not going to see me do this, but I'm going over here and I'm going to put it in here and see what comes up when I paste that in there. And I may be able to, Oh, <laughs> that didn't work. Okay. So you can't get to the Stu Peter show. Let me see here. And, um, so folks, uh, what did you think about that intro today? Um, did you like it? Um, I, I don't have the, um, the, I'm not an artiste, <clears throat> so, um, I don't have the ability to, uh, to go, you know, and to make something like that. So I have to get something that's, um, that's already made, so to speak. Okay. Let's see. This guy does a show every day. So trying to find what I'm looking for here is going to be almost impossible. So if it's okay with you folks and you don't mind, I'm just going to play the little video down here. I look down here and I don't think I'm able to make it any bigger. Um, so we're going to be stuck with a, um, with a small picture, but you'll be able to hear the interview. And that's the important thing. You'll be able to hear what this lady is saying. Okay. Yeah. I got to go with that. And um, it's really going to be revelatory to you, okay? It's about a new disease that might be coming out soon. So let's see what she has to say, okay? So everyone, I mean everyone, including many alternative media outlets, are bragging about Merck's new drug that's about to get this FDA emergency use nod and mistakenly thinking that it's some super ivermectin. But as we've learned with the rollout from these poisonous shots, deceptively called vaccines, there's always something dangerous lurking underneath the pharmaceutical mass genocide cabal. Listen Here to, to talk this. with us about that is Dr. Jane Ruby. What's the truth about this Merck supposed wonder drug? Stu, people better take a step back. Uh, this drug called Molnupiravir, okay, is the would be the first oral treatment for COVID. You remember the flu with a 100% recovery rate? Uh, but this drug, I feel, is very dangerous, and I'll tell you why. First of all, it was developed at Emory University by a company within the university, sounds a little shady, called Drug Innovation Ventures. But they all leave out, conveniently, a middleman. And the middleman was, guess who? The Department of Defense through a sub-agency called the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. So I don't know what, you know, what happened in between there, but then it got to Merck. 
Here's the bottom line with molnupiravir. It is a genetic manipulation, Stu. Uh, there is no control over, over how your body will interpret and use this, this genetic code. Um, it's, it's also called in the scientific circles, uh, lethal mutagenesis, right? It's proven to produce DNA mutations in mammalian cell cultures. But let me go back to this. Look, what this basically does is it's a perfect setup for cancer-causing results. Why? First of all, the company says, and I quote, it interferes with the, a virus's genetic code. Well, most people, even lay people, know that viruses don't have their own genetic code, their own DNA. That's why they attach to yours, use your DNA uh, machinery to replicate themselves over and over again. Secondly, the company says, but this will not affect human cells. That's patently false. They're the little bit of preclinical data that they have released um, has shown that not only did it affect the DNA of animals, but when they used in, in Petri dishes, mammalian cells, we are mammals, uh, those, those cells, their DNA was actually transformed. They also say there's no evidence of the potential for mutagenicity, uh, but, but that's not true. And they also say the drug is not capable of inducing genetic changes in human cells. Stu, it's the, it's the mechanism of action of this, this molecule. And by the way, this, you know, molnupiravir has nothing to do with ivermectin, which as most people know, Merck has, is the original manufacturer of ivermectin when it first came out. It is nothing like ivermectin, not molecularly, uh, not in terms of its mechanism of action. And so people need to take a step back and stop thinking that this drug, molnupiravir, which is about to go into the FDA for an emergency use uh, authorization, and we now know that you know that how that'll probably turn out, uh, is is going to be approved. And people need to stop thinking that this is a super ivermectin. It is nothing of the sort, Stu. Pfizer is supposedly introducing some Pfizer-mectin. I mean, this is a huge psychological ploy of deception to fool people who have been stripped of the ability to go get ivermectin. I have heard countless stories of pharmacists who are denying filling prescriptions that are given by licensed doctors on behalf of their patients who need ivermectin for yeah. whatever reason, because they're, they're saying that, no, 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 we can't prescribe that for COVID. Is it for COVID? Well, then we're not going to fill it. Right. This is, I and mean, Stu, and yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. There's more, there's uh, no, there's more to the story too. I mean, I hope you're sitting down. I know you're sitting down. In May of 2020, there was a scientist named Rick Bright who was, uh, became a whistleblower and he claims he was ignored by the Trump administration when he tried to, to tell them you can't fast track this small nupiravir because it has a direct cancer effect. He was then fired after that. Um, and 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 it, it's it's dangerous. He actually had evidence, and and the evidence is out there uh, that this drug causes birth defects in animals, which is what we call a teratogenic effect. These things have to be tested out when they see it in animals. They have to either stop it before it goes into human trials. Not only was it not stopped, but Merck stopped their own trial, starting to sound familiar, uh, back in May of this year to jump to a combination phase two and three study together, which is, again, as I've said before, unethical, very dangerous because each phase should build on the next one. Uh, they're doing all stages at once. 
For those buffs who love to go to clinicaltrials.gov, it's NCT 045-75584. You look it up. The U.S. government has promised Merck, by the way, $1.2 billion worth of sale purchase of this drug if it gets EUA approval. And we, I, I pretty much know we will. Uh, you know, the FDA, I, is, I have said half-jokingly, uh, is a department at Pfizer. It looks like they're also moonlighting over at Merck. Um, there's some mystery independent advisory board, Stu, I've never heard of that, in the FDA that has given the nod to the FDA to go ahead and approve this on an emergency use basis. Uh, but, you know, as Yogi Berra said, you know, it's deja vu all over again. Stu, this is actually by its own mechanism of action, a cancer causing medication. We're, I mean, all of the ethics and regulatory standards from our drug, big pharma development companies is, have just completely gone out the window. And I find it interesting because you mentioned about the animals and the fertility and, and this is weird because birth defects. yeah, the birth defects, because if you remember with these so-called shots, these so-called vaccines, one of the first places that this goes is to the ovaries of a woman and to the, the, the reproductive systems of women. There's all kinds of spontaneous abortions, miscarriages happening. Uh, and so now this, I find it really yeah. interesting that this is affecting the reproductive systems of uh, females as well. And then it causes cancer. Yeah. I mean, that that's it, it causes cancer, Stu, because, you know, your cells normally with D with your own DNA blueprint, refresh your cells. They remake new cells, sometimes daily, sometimes over two or three months, depends on the body system. This drug interferes with the replication. There's no way it's not going to affect your normal healthy cells. Unbelievable. Well, thank you for being here to clear all of this up. You bet. Warning, warning. All right, Dr. Jane Ruby, uh, got to fly. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks a lot, Stu. Okay, there you have it. Merck's coming out with a PO or bimouth drug, a capsule it looks like, maybe a tablet, I don't know, um, that will cause cancer and birth defects. And it's a known fact, and they're being allowed to do it. So hopefully the FDA, somebody in the FDA will have the nerve and the gonadal um, fortitude to say, no, this isn't going to happen. Hopefully everybody at Merck will say that. I mean, uh, not Merck, at uh, the FDA. And shut this thing down before it even happens. So if you were looking for something to pray about, there you go. Uh, okay. So let's see here. All right. Let's look at this little jewel. Um, for all the believers in Yeshua out there, you, I don't know. When I was the first person I could vote for when I turned 18 was um, Jimmy Carter. And I voted for him because, no. Yeah, that was, I was 20, I think, when, when he was elected in 1980. Yeah, 79 and 80. Um, so I voted for him uh, because I thought he was a nice guy and he would do some good, but also because um, he said he was a believer in Yeshua. He said he was a Christian. Okay. And, Evidence has shown throughout the years that the guy is anything but, or if he is, uh, he, or if he thinks he is, he has no idea what a Christian is. Um, so anyway, I made that mistake. And then George Bush ran for president, uh, George Jr., claiming that he was a believer. Yeah, and I believe that too, and uh, voted for him. Well, 
uh, fool me twice, shame on me, and we won't be fooled again. Uh, ever since Bush was elected, and, and it was basically revealed that the guy was a snake, an asp, uh, or a, uh, I don't know, uh, one of the more deadly snakes that there is, um, that could disguise himself as anything else. So, uh, like your typical reptilian, um, it, it just showed me that just because a person says they're born again, they're not. Okay. <laughs> not necessarily. They have to bear fruit. And you sure went into that several times talking about trees. A, a good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. And he said, you will know them by their fruits. Okay. And that means we can judge people by their fruits. Okay. Uh, we can't condemn them, but we can say, Hey, you know, that's a cactus pretending to be an apple tree over there. That's not right. So anyway, uh, National Institute of Health chief quitting amid charges he was untruthful. Ooh, he's a Christian and he's untruthful. Okay, let's read about this. Maybe maybe he's done trumped up charges or something. But when you get to the end, you're going to see that the guy is totally deceived. Um, <laughs> and forgive me, at the end I start laughing because it's so ludicrous that you know, nobody should believe what this guy's saying, okay? Uh, anybody that's got a lick of sense shouldn't believe it. And uh, I know Christians are going to be out there, well, you know what, you're judging him, and you really shouldn't be doing that. You don't know his heart. Well, but I, see, I know the fruit that he's bearing, so. And that usually reveals what the heart is. So, anyway, <clears throat> in the wake of the publishing of government documents indicating he falsely claimed his agency was not funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins announces resignation on Tuesday. It's been an incredible privilege to, this is a quote, it's been an incredible privilege to lead this great agency for more than a decade, Collins 71 said in a statement. I love this agency and its people so deeply that the decision to step down was a difficult one, done in close counsel with my wife, Diane Baker, and my family. And let me add what you see coming down the road. Okay. Collins, um, and here's this picture right there. Here, it's up right there. Don't let that smile fool you, folks. Um, Collins, who will step down by the end of the year, said he is proud of what we have accomplished. Okay. People are dying left and right, and you're proud of it. Okay. I fundamentally believe, however, that no single person should serve in this position too long. Then why have you done it for 10 years? And that it's time to bring in a new scientist to lead the NIH into the future, he said. I'm most grateful and proud of the NIH and of the scientific community whose extraordinary commitment to life-saving research delivers hope to the American people and the world every day. How can you say that with us without smiling? It's such a joke. Um, last month, Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University, said that government documents reported by The Intercept, I guess, which is a paper, make it clear that the assertions by the National Institute of Health Director Francis Collins and the NIAID Director Anthony Fauci, ooh, there's the F word again, <clears throat> That the, uh, that the NIH did not support gain-of-life function research or potential pandemic pathogen enhancement at WIV, Wuhan, uh, Wuhan uh, Virus Center, um, are untruthful. 
Ebright was among 16 scientists who authored a letter published last month in a prestigious British journal of uh, British Science Journal, The Lancet, calling for another look at the evidence that the pandemic began with a lab leak. The scientists, excuse me, the scientists condemned a February 2020 letter organized by the Wuhan lab collaborator Peter Daszak, another snake, marginalizing anyone that entertained the thought of lab leak theory as a conspiracist. Ebright and his 15 colleagues said Daszak's letter and his subsequent missive had a silencing effect on a wide, wider scientific debate, including among scientists and journalists. It was under Collins' leadership that the NIH lifted a moratorium of gain-of-function research in 2017 that was implemented during the Obama administration due to concerns that the research could trigger an outbreak. You know, I don't like Obama one bit, but I have to give him credit. He put this uh, moratorium in effect, and then um, it got lifted. Okay. Uh, asked today, or excuse me, asked Tuesday afternoon by Fox News host Neil Cavuto about the accusation regarding gain-of-function research. Collins said, it has nothing to do with my decision. He insisted funding of the research was a million miles away in terms of the genome of that virus. So he's saying there was funding, okay, but it was a million miles away, which is obviously a lie. Collins says that he, and you'll see why in a minute, Collins said he believes it's most likely the pandemic had natural origins, starting with a bat. So he doesn't believe it came out of Wuhan, and he can't say that he believes it, because if he does, he was responsible for funding part of uh, the Wuhan uh, lab, and uh, he'd be implicated, (laughs) So he's got to stick with that. Politico reported Tuesday that Collins was at odds with the Biden administration over booster shots, siding with the FDA's decision to limit them to Americans 65 and older, along with other vulnerable demographics. Yep, he wants to kill his fellow older people. Uh, okay, here we go. And here's a subtitle, The Language of God. This is where it gets good, but ludicrous. <clears throat> and if you were taking didn't take it seriously, you'd find it funny. Um, Especially if you're a believer and you know what God wants and what God believes, okay? Okay, the language of God. God, uh, Collins, whose tenure at the NAH began during the Obama administration, is known for his leadership in the effort to decode DNA. As the director of the National Human Genome Research Institute since 1993, he helped develop a revolutionary method of screening genes for disease. I'm of the opinion, folks, that we shouldn't be messing with the DNA because it's too tempting for people to want to um, not just look at it and see what make, what it does, but uh, to start manipulating it. And, you know, our uh, current history proves that that's true. Okay. He recounts his conversion from atheism to Christianity back in his 20s in his book, The Language of God. A scientist presents evidence for as for belief, excuse me, end quote. He says he was influenced by how his Christian patients endured suffering and after reading some of the works of C.S. Lewis. <clears throat> okay. Um, Collins also is co-founder of the BioLogos Foundation, which focuses on dialogue between science and religion. Religion, folks, not Christianity, religion. His work on the General Project earned him the Presidential Medal of Freedom Award in 2007 from President, from President George W. Bush. Um, 
Okay, where we go here. Okay, vaccine, an answer to prayer. Okay. Um, Collins has been a critic of Americans who choose not to take the experimental COVID-19 vaccines, blaming them for the recent surge. Okay, there's the first false thing. Um, in August, as schools prepare to reopen, he said children should wear a mask in class. That's the Fauci thing. Um, quote, this is not a political statement or invasion of your liberties. This is a life-saving medical device. Asking kids to wear a mask is uncomfortable, but kids are pretty resilient, Collins said. Does he not know? And of course he knows. But this is, this is political. It's nothing but political. Um, but children's brains are developing. The, uh, the adolescent brain and the teenage brain is still developing. Okay. And it, in some cases it develops, uh, I think women develop fully 25 and men at, as late as 30. Um, so you have a developing brain that needs a rich supply of oxygen, but you want the kids and you think it's okay for them to wear a mask that enables them to rebreathe in some of their carbon carbon dioxide and getting them uh, hypopoxic. Okay. So, uh, I don't know that people like this are allowed to even speak or even to exist just totally befuddles me. Okay. He contended that if children don't wear masks, the virus will spread more widely. And maybe he can explain to me how a mask that, um, only protects you down to 200, um, 200 microns can protect you from a virus that's 0.02 microns in size. Seems like many of them can fit through any of the holes in a mask. And it's true. They can. So, and you know, the kids are going to wear them all day long. And if you wear them all day long, you, you perspire or you respire into them, which in your respirations have a lot of, um, uh, air, um, vapor, water vapor in them. And, that being the case, you, you saturate the mask and there's another way that the, the virus can get in. It can follow the, the, the river sort of of the, um, of all the, uh, the water that's in your mask and come right into the mask. And then you, you know, you go to adjust the mask and it touches your nose or it touches another mucous membrane. And then there you go. You got it. So, and if a stupid little pharmacy tech and a nurse can figure that out, I'm sure that these brainiacs know about it already. And they just don't care. And they've turned it into a religious, not a religious, a, a political thing. Maybe religious too. Um, they've turned it into a political thing because they have an agenda. Right? Right. Okay. Collins said that religious believers should regard the COVID vaccines as a gift from God. <laughs> oh, God, thank you for sending something that's killing people. Oh, God, thank you that they're dying. It's, thank you for this gift. Oh, how ridiculous is that, huh? <sighs> for somebody who's a believer, this is what you would call an answer to prayer. He told, sorry, I said I was going to laugh. He told Religion News Service last month. What kind of bupkis place is that? Religion News Service. That sounds made up. Um, if uh, we've all been praying to God somehow to deliver us from this terrific pandemic, and what happens is that these vaccines get developed and are safe and effective, which they're not, well, why wouldn't you want to say, thank you, God, and roll up your sleeve? <laughs> this guy needs some serious psych meds. He really does. He is so deluded that 
he's got to be psychotic. I'm sorry. He's got to be psychotic. Um, to come out with a statement like that. And the only way you're not psychotic is if you have a political agenda and you're appealing to religious people, um, by saying that, you know, right away, you know, he's a, he's a prestigious man. He's made it up the ladder and he's gotten this job and he's a doctor and everything else. So, and yeah, we got to believe doctors. Um, but he, he's appealing to, how do I say this? The less educated and less uh, of, of the Christian community, or as he puts it, the religious community. And anybody knows that um, true Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with God because a religion is man's attempt to reach God and a relationship is God's attempt to reach us. So, um, and I'd rather have the second one anyway, because there's no way you can reach him. You know, he's, he's so far out of, uh, away from uh, the human condition that uh, he's unreachable unless he reaches out to talk to you. So anyway, this is so ludicrous, so stupid. Um, And this guy goes home and and kisses his kids and his wife and everything else with that mouth that just comes out with lies like there's no tomorrow. Uh, Francis Collins, watch out for him, folks. If you live in his neighborhood, don't believe anything he says. Um, He's a prolific liar and he's a, he's a skilled, um, deceiver. Okay. And he probably doesn't know Jesus at all. Um, aside from maybe having a, a traditional belief in him, but that's about it. Cause you can't, you can't, when you come to the Lord, you have a, he gives you a conscience and he, he really tugs on that conscience from time to time to try to get your attention. And it's obvious that this guy's, this guy, if he had a conscience, it's seared now. It's, it's seared shut and cannot be manipulated by the Lord at all. So, um, shame on you, Francis Collins. Shame on you. And you have a day with the Lord and it's not going to be a pleasant one if you don't repent of what you've done. Okay. So let's see. We got to go back another one. Oh, there he is right there. El Duque. Mussolini in his current, actually, you know, he's more like, um, Men, uh, Mengele in his present form. Uh, Fauci funded scientists plan, Fauci funded scientists plan to create novel coronavirus in 2018. You know, this schmuck right here, this one, schmuck in chief. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I shouldn't talk like that, but this guy, he's a snake. He, he is worse than any rattler that there is. He's like a cobra because he, he can sit there and he can kind of lull you into a false sense of security. Then he strikes. Okay. He, so he's a cobra. He's a king cobra. Um, but um, he made a comment, I think it was in 2017, that Trump was going to have to face a, a worldwide pandemic during his presidency. Now, how did he know that unless he was creating one? Okay. This guy is irredeemable. I think this guy is, uh, is born to perdition. I don't think that he ever had a chance to, to know God, never had a chance to have a relationship with him because he was born to be bad. And when he dies, it's going to be go to hell, go directly to hell, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Okay. And rightfully that'll happen. Rightfully so. Um, 
Okay, so let me read the article because I got to get out of this because it's really ticking me off. <laughs> I don't need to be ticked off before I go to bed tonight. It's already five minutes to one. So American and Chinese scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the WIB, planned in 2018 to create a novel virus not found in nature, according to the grant proposal. EcoHealth Alliance, a nonprofit led by Peter Daszak and funded in part by Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, Evil Esquire agency, um, submitted the proposal to the U.S. Defense and Research Project Agency, or DARPA, the Telegraph of London reported. So he was working for the the, the government, the uh, some uh, secret organizations in a government or very well, little known governments that uh, that were trying to plan um, toxins to uh, for for military purposes. And uh, so we can probably say that this is a military purpose. It's probably done on behalf of the Chinese who Fauci is really comfortable with. He um, he owns or is part owner in some companies over in China that make uh, masks or rubber gloves. I can't remember which one. Um, and, um, and he's funded heavily the Wuhan lab and probably other labs in China too, or in around the world for that matter. Okay. Uh, we will compile sequence RNA uh, sequence RNA sec data from a panel of closely related strains and compare full-length genomes, uh, scanning for unique SNPs representing uh, sequencing errors, excuse me, said the application, which is obtained from the U.S. Department or U.S. government through the Freedom of Information Act, uh, requested by the group Drastic, a web-based team of scientists investigating the origin of COVID-19. Okay, that's interesting because viruses don't have a a genome, as far as I know, they get into your body and use your genome. Um, okay. They're just proteins. Um, if, if what they're telling us is right, maybe they're not telling us the truth. Maybe all these years when they've been saying the virus is not alive, it really is alive. Who knows? You can't believe anything that comes out of their dang mouths anymore. Okay. Consensus uh, candidate genomes will be synthesized commercially using established techniques and genome length RNA and electroporation <clears throat> to recover recombinant viruses, said the, the proposal. Electroporation, I'm going to look that word up, okay? I think it's a very important word, folks, and because uh, I think that uh, one of the ways that they get the virus to work is through 5Gs, and they, they get it to, um, they get 5G to open up your cell so that things can enter in easier. You find, let's do, let's do this little study while we're online here, okay? Okay. The action or process of introducing DNA or chromosomes into bacteria or other cells using a pulse of electricity to briefly open the pores in the cell membranes. Okay. Well, you can use um, wavelengths too, which some would consider electricity anyway, because it's a wavelength. But um, anyway, so it's as I suspected. Okay. Let's see. All right, recumbent viruses, said the proposal. A World Health Organization collaborator who reviewed the giant, the grant, uh, giant, the grant application confirmed that the documents indicate the research is intended to create a coronavirus that closely resembled the natural viruses from which it was derived. Okay, they would then synthesize the viral genome 
from the computer sequence, sequence, thus creating a virus genome that did not exist in nature, but looks natural as it is the average of natural uh, viruses. Um, the WHO source told the Telegraph. <clears throat> then they put that RNA in a cell and recover the virus from it. This creates a virus that has never existed in nature and a new backbone that didn't exist in nature, but is very, very similar to its uh, very similar as it's the average of natural backbones. In other words, it resembles other viruses, I guess they're saying. Okay, the grant was not approved, but it is further evidence that the scientists at the Wuhan lab were doing gain-of-function research, manipulating viruses to make them transmissible among humans and more dangerous. Fauci and the director of National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases has declared under oath before Congress that no U.S. funding went to gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. In an interview with The Telegraph, the WHO source suggested lab engineering could explain why uh, a close uh, match of SARS-CoV-2 has not been found in nature, despite a massive global effort. <clears throat> this means that they would take various sequences from similar coronaviruses and create a new sequence that is essentially the average of them. It would be a new virus sequence, not 100% match to anything, uh, the WHO source said. Last month, the Telegraph reported the 2018 grant proposals shows American and Chinese researchers at the Wuhan lab also wanted to make coronavirus particles transmissible to humans and release them in bat populations. Over the weekend, the National Post reported newly obtained emails from Fauci indicated he funded training for the Wuhan's most deadly lab, the Biosafety Level 4 facility, which handles agents that can be aerosol transmitted and causes severe fatal diseases in humans. Earlier this year, it was discovered that the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology deleted its main database of samples and viral, viral sequences months before the pandemic erupted. The WHO source told the Telegraph that if SARS-CoV-2 comes from an artificial consensus uh, sequence composed of genomes of more than 95% similarity to each other, he believes the match will never be found in nature. The problem is that those uh, opposed to the lab leak scenario will, will always just have to say we needed more time, we need a sample more, and absence of evidence is an absence of absence. Evidence of absence, excuse me, he said. Scientists overall are afraid <clears throat> of discussing the issue of the origins due to the political situation. This leaves small and vocal minority of uh, bias scientists free to spread misinformation. So, in other words, people are, a lot of scientists are afraid to say anything because they know that if they do, they're going to have their grants pulled from them. Okay, I'm not going to uh, go into any more of this. You kind of get the idea that Fauci was involved in funding this and that uh, it's because of him. Uh, he is, uh, he's an enemy of humanity and he's a, uh, he's guilty of so much. So let's see, let's go back. I think we pretty well covered everything. Yep, we did. All right, let me go back in here and you get to look at me again. Okay. All right, folks, there we go. Wow, something happened. I look like I've been out, like I've got a very good tan. <laughs> um, anyway, it's kind of nice looking, actually. Um, so, folks, there we have it. 
um, Fauci and this other clown that worked for the NIH were both involved in uh, funding of the Wuhan lab. They both knew about it. They both knew that it was used for um, basically weaponizing the virus and that it, um, and Rand Paul, you know, further showed that uh, Fauci, you know, became dumb on purpose all of a sudden, you know, didn't know how things happened, you know, didn't know that, um, that the, uh, the human ability to overcome a virus is stronger than a shot. And if he didn't know that and he's a doctor, then he's the lousiest doctor that there is. So any way you look at it, the guy's either lying or he's stupid. And I think he's both actually, but what do I know? So folks, I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I've, we've seen a lot of stuff tonight, tonight. We've seen that when the light shines on them, the cockroaches scatter. Um, except that the cockroaches don't think that the light is shining, which is Fauci's case. But the other guy realizes, I think, that uh, down the road is a light that's shining on all this and that there's going to be a new Nuremberg uh, court and that uh, he doesn't want to be in, involved in that Nuremberg court. He's not going to, he doesn't want to use the excuse that I just was doing what I was told because he was one, he was one of the people that was doing the telling of what other people should do. So he was very, um, very much uh, involved in the decision-making of what was going on. And he would be Fauci's, Fauci's fall guy, Fauci's foul guy. <laughs> it's getting late. Um, so folks, anyway, there we have it. We saw it in black and white. We saw it from the lips of people. Um, and we read uh, Fauci quotes ad nauseum. And like I said, when the tribunals come, um, I hope he's the first one that gets thrown in there. And uh, the first one that, uh, isn't around to bother us anymore. So I'm not going to do anything to him. You're not going to do anything to him, but let God have his way because Yahweh is going to take care of everything. Um, there's one promise in the, in the scripture that don't worry, let me take care of it. Basically it said, don't worry, let me take care of it. I'll see the justice is done and you'll be happy when you see it. So, um, with that having been said, I'm going to go ahead and say goodnight because I got to get this at least uploaded to Rumble. So you folks have a wonderful, wonderful, um, where is today? Rest of the week. Okay. And weekend if I don't get another show going, but I really got a feeling it's going to happen again. Um, so be blessed and, um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you. Be gracious unto you. May he watch over you're going out and you're coming in. You're, lying down and you're rising up. Uh, may he give you peace in this time in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. So folks, here we go. Good night and we'll see you next time. Bye.